This is episode 11 of Hoops Forum, a joint effort of Radius Athletics and a Quick Timeout podcast. Before we get going, I want to thank our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Uniforms, team gear, spirit wear, sports equipment, 323 Sports. They really can do it all for your sports program. To find out more about 323 Sports, you can head over to their website or you can send them an email, sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. Uh, the big news yesterday was no April Fool's joke. I know some of us thought maybe it was, but Roy Williams <laughs> retiring as the head coach at uh, UNC. And then also about 30 minutes later is all announced that Chris Beard will be leaving Texas Tech for the University of Texas. Uh, that last one there, Randy, especially as a Texan yourself. Yeah, yeah. Any, any thoughts with that? I was not overly surprised, maybe a little surprised, but but I, I thought as there was no news after Shaka Smart left for Marquette and um, there was no news for a few days, I thought that it, it was beginning to look possible that Chris Beard was going to go to Texas because his buyout dropped on April 1st and they were just kind of waiting. When it got to that date, I was like, okay, I think this might happen. I think him being a, a graduate and alumni of University of Texas probably played a major role and and um you know Texas is a brand name that in in college athletics hard to resist I'm not I'm not overly surprised it kind of brings up the topic of like a better situation and I know most would say yeah better situation means more money and a lot of times that, that is how it works in college athletics the, the kind of the bigger question is like what makes a better job obviously this part of year it's not just college but you're nearing the end of a school year and people potentially going even from high school to high school. Mm -hmm. And this is a topic too, that I know you work with your people that you work with radius athletics and um, maybe some things that we can talk about later of preparing them for that job. What would you say constitutes making a, a, a better job? Well, I think there's a lot of inputs into that that, and some of them just don't have solely just to do with basketball. So, you know, there's family reasons, you know, you want to live in a certain geographic area or not, or, or things like that. But, but I think if we're, if we're just going to talk generally speaking of, of, to me, what would make a job a better job, just my metric or my, what I use to, to define it is what are, what is the ceiling of, of their competitive level? Can, can, is this not, you know, not every job is a championship level job. Not every division one job is a final four job or, or something like that. What is the ceiling that can be achieved here versus, you know, other places? So I think a big input too would be the commitment that the institution, whether that is a high school, a university, um, at whatever level, the, the commitment that they have toward athletics and toward basketball in specific from an administrative standpoint, will, will the coach have the the tools and the opportunities he needs or she needs to compete in the modern marketplace for players, uh, you know, exposure and things like that? All that goes into it. I think, though, really, that's for each each coach to define what makes a job a better job because it may not just be all about the basketball all the time. I think yeah. in the past, a lot of times, it was almost like a new coach came in because the previous team wasn't any good. Now at the highest level, professional levels, and I was just talking to a college coach the other day, or a high school coach about this the other day. She went in and inherited a team that was already pretty good. I mean, they were like 18 and six, and then mm-hmm. took them to that next level. And that kind of goes to your point of like, what what is there for maybe for me to work with? And then also on top of that, even like, we talk about this for college kids all the time, and it's a big topic right now for the transfers, but like, what's a good fit for you? Yeah. 
because I still think that too many people think basketball is basketball no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And even a, a, at the college level, there are some schools that if you were to name, you would now think more about, oh, man, I don't know if I, there's even a chance for me to be able to win at that school because of the academic standards, because of how much it costs, because of whatever it is. Right. So, do you think coaches can stay too long sometimes? I do. Your uh, your voice starts to sort of get ignored and, and, and the, what you're what you're talking about starts to fall flat. And we kind of do the same thing year after year after year. And it's not bad for a new voice and a new uh, a new fresh start. Sometimes you see it work out for, you know, when a coach leaves who maybe, you know, the, the narrative is that they have been there too long. It works out for both parties. The coach goes somewhere else and it's almost like, Oh yeah, I feel like a I feel like a rookie coach again, and they're reinvigorated. And then the program they left behind gets someone in place, and they are re-energized by a, a new leader. So, I do think a coach can can stay too long. I know, like you know, with Roy Williams, if you watch that press conference, he was amazingly self-aware and honest about his own faculties and his own capability to continue doing the job. I, I, I that really touched me that someone was that self-aware and that and and really cared about the program enough because you do see some coaches like clinging to the job like till their grave nearly and after watching that press conference yesterday and hearing coach Williams talk about he just didn't have the energy to bring to the job he was forgetting things he was very very honest brutally honest about why he was leaving the job he just felt like he he wasn't up for it anymore and if I were a North Carolina fan, which I'm not, nor am I a North Carolina hater, I'm not a Duke fan or anything like that. I'm just an outside observer. I would be nostalgic. I would be very appreciative, but I would also be grateful that like this wasn't one of those places where someone just clung on to the job until they were really unable to perform it and no one wanted to say, hey, you got to go, man. Like. I would feel good that that didn't happen while very appreciative and nostalgic about losing Co- Coach Williams. So, yeah, staying too long can happen. I think the key thing there is just like you said, being self-aware and understanding not just yourself, but also the situation. And then maybe even the direction the school is going or the types of players that now need to be recruited for the team to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's not it doesn't show. I don't think it shows a sign of weakness to admit that something along those lines doesn't match up. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes it can just be a change of change of scenery for somebody or just a change of quick change of personnel. Yeah, um, to me, what I saw yesterday from Roy Williams was just a a a a love so strong for his that school and that program that he didn't want to cling on so long that his being there would would drag it down. And that begs, you know, obviously now you have an opportunity for somebody else to step in there. And there's a couple other places, Texas, of course. And there have been some others that have already been filled, but taking kind of like that pressure job versus going right. somewhere with lower expectations and building it up immediately. I'm thinking of some guys just may not be cut out for that, even though they'd like to think that they are, mm-hmm. but also then kind of weighing the two of those, what would you personally consider as you're looking at, if you had the opportunity to pick one of those versus a lower expectation job? I think before I'd answer that, I would say I would say if if it's a job with with low expectations, like that maybe has some appeal. 
I would be very diligent when I interviewed them. Not only are they, when you go for a job, you're not only interviewing, they're not only interviewing you, but you're checking them. Do I want to work here? When I was interviewing them, if it was a job with low expectations, maybe no tradition of, of is there a commitment to change that? Or are they just, you know, well, we got to have a basketball team here. You're a coach and, and, and you're going to be hamstrung at every turn when you're trying to, to, to turn this thing around. Then I, then I wouldn't be interested in that job. But if there's a job with low expectations that, hey, we want to win here, we were through with losing, we want to win here, um, I think that can be a, a really good situation for a coach. But you asked me, me personally, what, say, would be more of my preference is I want to coach somewhere where ba- basketball or whatever sport, if, if a football coach is watching or if a lacrosse or soccer coach is watching you know, I want to coach somewhere where that sport is very important to that university or that high school or that community. That's just my personal preference. I, I don't want to really like I know how hard I've seen how hard I work with a lot of coaches who are coaching in situations where there's really no tradition. Maybe there's not even other very many winning programs in the school, be they football, girls, volleyball or whatever, like their school just doesn't do a whole lot of winning in anything. And they're trying to build that from nothing. And that, that's just very, very difficult. So, so personally, I want to go somewhere with a good athletic program where there's winning going on. There's parents who want their kids to, to play hard if it's a high school and, and be coached. Um, if it's a college, it's a place where players want to go play. When, when the emblem on your chest at the AAU tournament on the golf shirt, like they go, oh, that's the coach. from. That's what I want. That, that's me personally. That's what I would want. From somebody experience who has, I didn't go into a new situation as in like the the school already existed. We started intercollegiate sports. So you Mm -hmm. were absolutely nothing, no brand recognition or anything like that. Right. And for so many coaches who are like trying to use this next job as the stepping stone, if you're just trying to use that as a stepping stone and that's where you're going in and what you just described where you're trying to build tradition, don't expect that to be something that happens very quickly. I don't care how great of a coach or recruiter or whatever you think you are. It's going to, it takes time. It takes time to build something like that. And that kind of then kind of begs the next question because as some are watching as head coaches, but then also a lot of people I know watch this as assistant coaches and the question of always when, when is the right time for me to make the jump? And what factors, and they may be factors that you've already mentioned. Do you talk, have, have you talked with, I know most of your mentees are, are head coaches, but, um, and you may want to address too some of the questions that maybe they get asked that uh, we can kind of merge into that a little bit too, the, the interview yeah. process. Yeah, making that jump, what I see is, um, you know, I, and I do work with guys who are assistant coaches or who used to be, you know, while when they first joined my program, they're assistant coaches, now they're head coaches. So I've worked with all across the spectrum. You know, when to make that jump is a tough question to answer. Like, what what are you willing to do to make that jump? Are you willing to get in that U-Haul? That's a, that's a big factor. Sometimes, um, you know, like I want to be a head coach, but I'm not going to move from, you know, Dallas to Houston or from Houston to South Carolina or something like this is where my family is. So so you're you're really kind of limiting the options. You know, you one, you need a job to come available Two, it's if you're not if you're not willing to get in that U-Haul, it needs to be, you know, right around you. So so you're the opportunities may be fewer and far between. So what are you willing to do to make that jump? Where are you willing to go coach a junior college in Montana or something, you know, like to, to just to get an opportunity? 
my advice always to assistant coaches who, who want to become head coaches is while you're an assistant, do everything within your power to help that head coach who you're working for win games. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the best thing you can do for your brand, right? Like, like you can, you can tweet, start a blog, make a YouTube, all that, but like nothing, nothing will ring in the ears better of the athletic director that's going to hire you. Like, Oh, that guy came from that program. You know, I work with some high school coaches who maybe they're a junior varsity coach or a JV coach or like, we're looking at their resume or, and they're like, should I tell them my JV record? I go like, well, if you can, if you want, but like, but if the varsity wins, we all win, right? Like, like the JV coach at DeMatha, when he applies for a high school job, like that gets him in the door, even if his JV wasn't very good. So the best thing you can do is, is help that person you're working for get results because that will, that will bolster your career better than anything. I say win and win in the postseason. There's nothing better for your career to be aligned with a program that wins, preferably in the postseason. If you're wondering what, you know, what I get asked this all the time, I'm an assistant coach. What what should I be doing to to help, you know, myself get a head coaching position? Win, win. I think from the other side, too, like what you're on a day to day basis, what you're doing to develop as many skills as possible. Mm -hmm. The only thing you're doing is is practice planning. That's great. But at the college level, there are so many other things involved. Like I've spent sure. a lot. Once tomorrow comes, there'll be about 72 hours. And I will have spent considerable hours every single day, either walking recruits around campus or bringing in kids through a, a, a camp and spending time with them. And I think recruiting, sometimes we even think of like, well, I go out on the road and I recruit. Or, like, there's so much other there's so many other things that go into it as well. And it goes outside of recruiting. Like what you just mentioned about being able to promote the program or being able to schedule scheduling, being able Mm -hmm. whatever you can do to sometimes take things off of your head coach's plate. But in addition to that, developing the skills so that when you get out there, I, I still talk to some coaches sometimes that even ones that are successful at the high school level and they're wanting to make the jump to the college. And they're like, well, I'm waiting for the best situation. And I get this sense like they're going to walk in there. And it's going to be it's going to be roses and we're going to carry on the success and it's going to be ready yeah. right away. And I'm just thinking like, man, there's a lot more that goes into it than things that you're probably aware of or that, that you that you think that you're going to be thinking about. Yeah. And, you know, making that move from assistant to head. Another piece of advice I always give is be ready so you don't have to get ready. So I was talking to someone just this week who, you know, was in this exact situation we're talking about of. of of when when your time does come, you know, use the time while you're an assistant to do all the things to support the program you're a part of. Like you said, that could be film, that could be recruiting, it could be, you know, graphics and social media or whatever your your role is within that organization. You, you know, perform that to your best of abilities. But all the while you're making mental notes of like when I want to apply for a head coaching position. Or, or if I'm approached about one, that, that happens sometimes. Like, would you be interested in applying, you know, and, and like, oh, wait, wait, now I've got to have an interview process down and I've got to have a, a resume and I've got to have a plan to lead a program. Like, be ready so you don't have to get ready. So think about those things. And during the, you know, slower times, whenever those may be, like write out uh, your coaching philosophy, your experience, have that update your resume every year at the end of the year. And think about if your phone rang tomorrow with an opportunity, are you actually ready? 
think about those things. So when an opportunity that does maybe even fall in your lap or come open and, and you can jump right on it and, and, and get in there. And that's part of what I do with assistant coaches in my program is say, hey, yeah, assistants are welcome because it'll help you get ready. So when that opportunity comes, you'll be ready. Are there any other questions into the ones in addition to the ones you just mentioned that coaches struggle with as you kind of do those mock interviews? Yeah. So one thing I started doing a few years ago with the the coaches I, I work with in my mentoring program is, you know, around this time of year, it's late spring, summer, um, you know, in the next month or two, inevitably a coach to send me a message or an email saying, hey, I got a job interview. And and one thing I do in, in, in maybe a one on one sessions is I, I, I literally role play with them. I spent some time as an assistant athletic director and, and a basketball coach. So I, I was in on some interview processes and led a few and 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 was you know obviously the on the other side of the table to 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 get to 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 land jobs and I've kind of made a interview sheet of questions that I sit down and we we get on a session much like you are you and I are on right now and and do a mock interview where I basically I don't like this word but pretend that I'm the athletic director or whomever and and they're them and we just like role play and I go through the question take notes on their on their responses. I would say there's a couple that stand out about that, that I say after I've done several of these that I don't see that I, I can tell the coach is a little bit unprepared for the question. And a lot of that has to do that, that the main one that stands out, like if, if let's, let's, let's make a hypothetical that it's a high school coaching position or even a college one, it doesn't matter. Tell me how you would use your staff. Like, how? What are you going to delegate? What are you gonna? What are you gonna do with your sub varsity coaches if it's a high school? If it's a co- like, tell me your ideal arrangement for your staff and how you would use those human resources that you're you're given to support you. What does that look like? And and I can tell that like coaches sometimes don't haven't thought about. It. Yeah, well, I want my first assistant to be in charge of this. And my, my if I'm a high school coach, my junior varsity coach, in addition to coaching the junior varsity team, also perform. They've not thought about that. Even some guys that are already head coaches that are wanting to move from school to school just don't always sound so great in that answer. That's a warning flag to me. That That tells me this is a micromanager. That tells me this is a person who's trying to do it all who's going to get overwhelmed, who's going to get overworked, and then things are going to fall through the cracks because they're not using their human resources. And one thing also, and I'd say another question that I ask in these interview process that coaches are timid about answering is I ask a question that says, that asks basically, you know, we're making some assumptions that maybe like a coach is coaching at, you know, this high school and like somewhere in the area he wants to go or he, she wants to go to another school that, that they're at least somewhat familiar with, right? They've maybe coached against them, seen them in tournaments or played against them or something like that. And I always ask the question as, as playing the role as the interviewer, the athletic director or, or whomever, ask the candidate, what is needed at this program to get to where we want to go? Like if we're bad, what's needed for us to get good? If we're good, what's needed for us to get great? And I've found that coaches in that question are sometimes timid about telling the leader of the school, like, this is what needs to be done here. I play against your team and they seem out of shape or something like, so one thing I think would help this school right away, whether you hire me or not, is a a better attention to strength and conditioning or something, you know, like whatever that answer is, you know, if if a job is open and the, and the athletic director or whomever that's doing the hiring, they, they have a problem. They have one, they have a problem. The job is open and they want it filled. 
Two, they want that job to go from whatever level to the next level, whether that's from, you know, 28 and five and losing in the state semis to winning it all or 0 and 20 to average. They, they want that to go a level above. So you are a solution to that problem or potentially a solution to that problem. So what I want to know is, is one, have you done homework on the job? Are you on the position or are you just want a job? So do you know where we are competitively? Do you know what we need Two, if that athletic director who's sitting there evaluating the coach that he's now replacing or she's now replacing, they probably have an idea of like, man, our, our basketball program really needs blank. So if they assess it and you assess it from the, an outsider perspective and that assessment matches, you probably just landed the job. Like, yes, he sees what I see is the problem and he's now presented a solution. I'm hiring. Uh, we appreciate all those who watched. If by chance you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch these in their entirety on the Radius Athletics YouTube page. You can also listen to the audio version. Just search a quick timeout podcast and you'll find those there listed under the Hoops Forum. Appreciate each one of you. For Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll be sure to talk to you again next week on Hoops Forum.